Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Entrepreneurial Athlete. This is episode six and part six of our six-part series as my co-host Lenny and I look at the similarities between high performance, in particular athletics, and entrepreneurship and how those similarities can help us be successful on the field, in the office, or even in life. Today's topic that we'll be discussing is a topic of taking risks and how that plays a part in our success. My name is Shegun McInday. I'm a two-time Canadian Olympian, speaker, host, and founder of The Inner Olympian. And I'm Lenny Williams. I'm an accountant, business advisor, tech enthusiast, and entrepreneur. And I'm super excited to talk about uh, taking risks and uh, somebody who's involved in um, some entrepreneurial things. I know that it's all uh, inherently risky, but... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm super excited to talk about this with you, Sagan. You know, the quote that I have today, Lenny, is, I have two quotes, actually. First one is from Jeff Bezos. His quote is this, I knew that if I failed, I wouldn't regret that. But I knew that the one thing I might regret is not trying. The second quote I have is from Mark Zuckerberg. And he says that the biggest risk is not taking any risk. Man, the one by Jeff Bezos, I really think that is so true and i have really been kind of approaching things in that way for a number of years now i'd rather try something and potentially have it not succeed instead of wondering what if Mm. like for example with athletics like i moved to toronto to um, train at the athletics canada east hub there and fully pursue um, my athletic career. And I didn't know what the outcome was going to be of it, but the only thing I wanted to do was reach my full potential. And that's all I wanted to do. And and now looking back at it, even though things didn't uh, turn out the way I had hoped, um, just due to, you know, continued and constant injuries and whatnot, looking back at that experience and, and being out there and also when I moved out there, I also had uh, my first tech company I was working on at that time. And I just wanted to see those things through. Like I wanted to reach my full potential in them, whatever that full potential was. And looking back at it now, um, you know, I just finished university and two days later I was on a plane to Toronto and I had, you know, moved into a big city. I didn't really know anybody there. It was a big risk that I was taking going out there, but I was just motivated by the potential of what could be. And also just knowing that, okay, this is like, I'm, I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to go all in. And that was uh, in 2017. We're doing this podcast on February, February 13th, 2021. So just about four years ago, I would have moved out there. And Man, that was like one of the best learning experiences that has just helped me in so many ways. What I learned from it was just so incredible, but it's allowed me to just grow both as for life in general, but just my knowledge of business, my knowledge of athletics and like these success factors that we're talking about. I experienced them on another level of grit and determination and it's so hard to put yourself in situations where there's a lot of, there's a lot of risk in it. Uh, there's this really good book that I just finished reading. Um, it's by Nassim Taleb. It's called Anti-Fragile. 
in that book, he talks about this concept of things that are anti-fragile and things that are fragile. And a couple of examples that he would use is he'd say, okay, he has a chart in there that has, he lists things in the anti-fragile and the fragile column. And in the anti-fragile column, there'd be like the restaurant industry, like the restaurant industry at itself is always going to be there. But an individual restaurant itself is fragile. So the restaurant industry is anti-fragile. Any one particular restaurant is fragile because mm-hmm. restaurants fail all the time. Um, and, and he uses he uses this concept for entrepreneurs as well. Like entrepreneurs are anti-fragile, but any one particular venture is fragile. Hmm. So it really kind of just blew my mind, to be honest. It, it was just a paradigm shift of thinking about things through that lens of like, okay, is this fragile or anti-fragile? And I think that it really just embodies that whole concept of taking risk because I think there's things that are risky and stupid and things that are risky, but calculated risks. Mm-hmm. Everything with, um, you know, try if you want to like achieve something great, there's, there's going to be a lot of risk involved. And that's why I love like how this is, you know, the sixth topic of our six part series. But I, I think that the purpose of this podcast is really like this concept is so important because we're focusing on high performance um, success traits. And I think that this uh, topic is really at the center of it all. And, you know, it's funny, risk is inherently scary because it's uncertain. Like you don't know what's going to happen. Right. And there's another quote that I like from uh, Elon Musk. And I think that he says something to the effect of like, it's okay to have all your eggs in one basket, as long as you control what happens to that basket. And just so, like you said, there's, there's way to take risks that make sense. Although they are scary and although uncertainty may be associated with them, there's a way to do it in which you can still have that experience because I think that's part of it. I think part of taking risks is the experience of taking the risk and going through it, just like you did when you made that move out to Toronto. It was more the experience of having the courage and the confidence to take that risk despite what the outcomes would have been, good or bad, you know, up or down. And going back to your quote there, that's really a lot of why I made that decision was for that reason. I knew that I wouldn't, I wouldn't have the opportunity to do that again. Like as an athlete, your career is limited and Mm -hmm. just based on age and other factors. So I knew that like it it was either now or never. And so looking back, I don't regret going, but I would have regretted not going. So, so yeah, I love, I love that quote so much. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's really good to be able to, like you mentioned, ask yourself, is this something that if I look back on, I would have wished that I had at the very least tried. I was having a conversation with somebody and I forget this lady's name, but, but she was telling me, you know, that she has no regrets. She tried what she tried and it wasn't so much that it worked or didn't work, but it's that she had the courage at the very least to try it out. And so she doesn't regret trying it. Right. And that's really half of, I don't want to say the human experience, but like that's really half of achieving anything really at the end of the day. And I think you have more success. Yeah, I think you have more success if it comes from a confident place. And again, it's not confidence in outcomes like we discussed about before, but it's confidence in your ability. And the success really at the end of the day when it comes to taking risks is not even in the success of the risk itself, I think. I think it's in the success of 
A, trying, and then B, coming out on the other side of the risk. That's really a successful risk taken at the end of the day. It's that, listen, I tried to do this and if it worked, amazing, right? And then you're like, and it worked. And if it didn't work, you know, at least I tried. And this is what I learned from that experience. Again, you know, that focus is not on the outcome because you don't know what's going to happen. Part of taking risks is understanding that it could completely fail, right? It could completely bomb. Just looking back to my personal experience, like I don't regret the decision of going out to Toronto at all, but knowing what I know now, I would have done things differently <laughs> like when I was out there, but the decision to go there, I don't regret that at all. Mm. And that's the thing is like, you know, if, if you knew everything that you knew from the experience, then it, it wouldn't have gone the same way if you had, well, actually you couldn't guarantee that it wouldn't have gone the same way. But like, if you knew what you knew after I've gone, gone through it, you should have learned from that. So if you experience something like that or similar, you would know what made something succeed versus not succeed. I think sometimes people forget that bad things are going to happen. And I think that a lot of things that we do, we don't expect anything to go wrong. And I think something that's so important is just expecting bad things to happen. Things aren't going to go as, as planned, and especially in entrepreneurship, probably the majority of the time. But then maybe like, once you become an established business with an established name, or uh, you start getting some significant revenue or uh, traction or uh, some great partnerships or distribution, things going wrong, they may be less, but like to really keep expanding, keep growing or, or achieving what you want, like there's going to be bad things that happen. And I think that if we can just know and still pursue things, knowing that bad things are going to happen and expect them to happen. I think it could give us more confidence in our ability to mitigate risk and also still try things that, you know, even like something like this podcast, like I hadn't done a podcast before. I didn't know how to do a podcast. I don't think anything bad has really happened, <laughs> but um, what it all comes down to is people's perception of things that might seem stable might not necessarily seem stable. Like if you think about even after the pandemic and how so many people got laid off, you know, even people that would have been working at larger companies, maybe somebody wanted to work at a more established company compared to a startup because they perceived it as more stable. When in fact, when things really got tough, then they just got cut right away and laid off. I think that looking at things from a bird's eye view, it can really like help decipher between what's actually risky and what is just perceived as risky. But a lot of it is just being able to deal with that uncertainty. Yeah, perception is key. I totally agree with that. I think you have to be able to look at certain situations with a very clear picture of what could potentially happen and what could you know, go wrong, quote unquote, and what could go right, quote unquote. Because if that thing happened that it was quote unquote bad, but it didn't affect you, then it may not be perceived as bad, right? Like let's say, you were, let's say someone was about to, you know, invest money. The outcome was that they would get X amount of dollars back if it worked out. But then if it didn't work out, well, then they get their money back, right? Well, then if the thing that happens that's quote unquote bad happens where they don't get the money that they expected, right, but they get their money back, then really it's perceived as not being that bad, right? And so I think it's being able to look at things and 
clearly classify them and be able to look at them as good or bad. Now, obviously, when it comes to taking risks, there are some things that would be labeled as bad, but I think that's part of it too, is because you're label, labeling them as a bad thing. You could slap on a different label on it. You could say that this happened, but it was a good thing. I think what happens is we get scared because we, again, it's automatically assuming and seeing the risk and the outcome that we don't know what's going to happen. Um, hmm. As, as potentially being bad, right? Or looking up the bad outcomes and focusing on them and putting, you know, 80% of our focus on the bad things happening, which if you put your focus on bad things happening, the chances of bad things happening increases, right? And so it's, <laughs> it's taking your eyes off that and putting it on the good things that could potentially happen so that the chances of the good things happening in terms of taking this risk happen. That's where I think perception comes into play is like, okay, well, what are you focusing on, right? And how do you perceive the good things happening? And how do you perceive the bad things happening? If I'm going to step out into, in my case, or as an athlete and take a risk, for example, and, you know, step into a different competition than I would usually step into it, then I lose that race. Is that a bad thing? Some would say yes. And why? Because I lost. Well, really, is it? It doesn't have to be, right? It could be a really good learning experience. I lost. Why did I lose? X, Y, and Z. And I can go back to the drawing board and just like we've been talking and go back to my environment, go back to where, you know, my, my group is, get that constructive criticism that I need, build my confidence up, put in the hard work to close that gap, persevere. And then now I'm more confident. I can step out again and take that risk, quote unquote, and maybe perform better or go to a different situation that's completely new and, you know, be okay. And I think that's part of it. It's just, okay, being able to look at things the right way so that you can take the right type of risks. Man, I, I'm just thinking like for anybody listening to this podcast, Zagun, what advice would you have for somebody that is maybe thinking about um, starting something new or doing something that might be taking a risk? Like how, how would somebody go about deciding whether or not to take, go ahead and take a, that risk? That's tough to say. I think it, it differs for anybody. My word should not be taken as law for sure. I'm going to put that out there. I do think this though, that if you're going to hesitate to do something, don't do it. Don't do it. But if you feel confident enough that you're not hesitating, for sure, take that risk. I have this decision tree in my head that kind of goes something along the lines of, am I hesitating to do this? Yes or no. If I'm not hesitating to do it, then I'm probably going to do it. If I am hesitating, then the next question I ask is, which is the more exciting option here? And it's an oversimplification in terms of, you know, which of these two things is comfortable that I know. So I'm certain about this, right? I'm certain that this is going to happen. I'm certain about all this stuff, it's probably well within my comfort zone, but the other option is probably outside of my comfort zone, right? And so that's probably the option that I'm going to go with, the more exciting option, right? And if I'm still hesitating, even in that, and then the next question I ask is, well, which one is going to help me grow more? Which one, if I do at the end of the day, is going to help me to grow? And then I usually end up going with that. I'd say whenever it comes down to taking risks is ask yourself, if I take this risk, how, could, how would I grow? How am I going to grow if I take this risk? How am I going to grow if I don't take this risk? And mm -hmm. go from there. Because at the end of the day, you want to be better, right? You want to be better as a person. You want to be able to think better. You want to be able to do things better. You want to have more confidence. The only way to have more confidence is to put yourself in situations where you're not confident. And this is, this is kind of separate, but this is part of it, which is, I think, really key to understand. Part of having confidence is 
being in a situation that you previously weren't confident in. The next time mm. you're in that situation, you are now confident because you have been through that situation before. And the more situations you go through, the more confident you are in those situations because you've been through so many of them. If someone dies in front of you and you've never been through that situation before, you're going to freak out because you don't know what to do. Whereas a paramedic who has been through those situations multiple times, trained in those situations, was going to stand in there cool, calm, and collected because they've been through it before. They know what to do. They know mm. what to say. They know who to call. And it's, not as, and, and it's not a result of them just like magically being super overconfident or magically just being, oh, I, I, I like to help people who are in situations like this, right? No, they put in the work so that they can be confident. And just like you, they started off um, in a situation where they had never, never done it before. Now they were more prepared to enter that situation, right? And that's part of it. So you prepare yourself to enter a situation that you've never been in before you'll be more confident mm. in that situation than somebody who wasn't prepared, right? You're still going to go through a lot of the similar emotions, but you'll be more prepared for them to handle them. And that's really what it comes down to, being prepared to handle those things when you face them for the first time. The next mm. time you go into that situation, you've been there before, you know how to handle what's going on, right? And so you're confident because you A, know how to handle what's going on, B, you've been there before, mm -hmm. right? So now mm. you're like, it's great. The third time you go in, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, now all you're doing is just collecting experience. Right, knowing what to do, when to say, how to say it, how fast to say it, you know, X, Y, and Z, etc. Mm -hmm. And the same thing I think comes mm -hmm. from taking risks. You go through a risk before, you grow through it. Now you can go take that same knowledge and apply it to a different risk and go through it and do it again. And it's not as a result of you being reckless. It's not a result of you, you know, being on the edge and you know being a, a wild person. It's a result of you having gone through smaller risk coming out on the other side of those risks, and then now being able to enter into a slightly bigger risk with the knowledge you had before. And then because you keep on doing that so many times over and over and over again, you're growing, right? And then you can yeah. handle risk like a pro and it's not a big deal. That's why someone like Elon Musk can essentially, you know, build Tesla and, and SpaceX, right? And taking the amount of risks that he's taken that a normal person probably wouldn't be able to handle. It's not because the normal person wouldn't handle that. It's because they haven't handled that. That's the difference. He has, mm. so he knows what to do. The other person hasn't, so they don't know what to do. So when faced with the same situation, Elon Musk is going to come out on top, not because he's any better necessarily, but because he's been through it more times than the other person. Man, I what, what you said there reminds me so much of what we talked about in part one of this six part series which was about like who's that person who you're trying to become and ultimately the decisions that you're making now should be on you know that path towards that person who you're trying to become and that person who you're trying to become you know there's probably going to be some risk involved in achieving those goals and i think looking at it from uh, like working backwards and thinking about okay is this risk going to get me like am i going to grow from it but also is it going to help me become that person who i'm trying to become mm -hmm. and um like even even thinking about you know not necessarily people who are, are thinking about starting something but maybe people are already doing something that is risky or you know they're they've already started taking some risks and doing something and maybe they're thinking about whether or not to continue what advice would you have for said person in making a decision of whether or not to um, 
continue in something that uh, is risky in a sense. So how to take risks when you feel like you can't persevere anymore? You know, like if somebody's already doing something, maybe they already started a business or Mm -hmm. they're already, um, you know, gave up everything to pursue their athletics or something, but maybe they're not seeing the results they were hoping for. Um, Like, what would you say to that person when they're, if they're analyzing whether or not to keep going? That's tough. That's really tough. You know, I think early, I think a younger version of me would have just said quit (laughs) automatically. Like first thing out of his mouth would have been like, just give up. There's no point after a certain, after a certain point, there's no point anymore. Right. But I've seen, I've, I think I've matured a bit more since then. And I've also seen a lot more and it's tough to say, you have to really know yourself again. I, I kind of, I'm taking from Elon Musk here and He's he has another quote that I like, and it's, it's like I think he says like perseverance is like super important. You know, if you're not being forced to quit, continue to persevere. And so it's tough. And I think when it comes to that, a good question to ask then is if I keep on doing this, right? Because at the end of the day, it's really about who you want to become. So the question is, if I keep on doing this, will this help me to become who I need to become, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if it will, then maybe you should continue to persevere in it, right? If it mm-hmm. won't, then maybe you should consider changing whatever that thing is. I take from uh, James Dyson, who built the, the Dyson vacuum. And I really, it's one of my favorite like entrepreneurial stories. You know, 15 years, 15 years, Lenny, of perseverance <laughs> until he made the first Dyson vacuum. And like, not like 15 years when he was a kid, 15 years when he had a wife and kids. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that, that, that's actually crazy when you think about it, right? But he persevered 15 years, 1,500 prototypes. Like, what? That's nuts. That's that's actually ridiculous. And so, but he persevered until he did it. He's a billionaire now. And I love Dyson vacuums. But like, it's that, it's that perseverance, whereas it's like, okay, well, where do you call it? And I don't know. And I think for James Dyson, whoever he wanted to become, or whatever it was, it was worth it. And it was going to help him to become the person who he wanted to become, right? And mm. do the thing that he wanted to do, which was in this case, build a bagless vacuum. And I think the mm. same thing is with us. If it's going to help you to become who you want to become or do what you want to do, then you should continue in it until you do that thing, right? And if it's not, or if it's distracting you, or if it's pulling you away, well, then maybe you should consider letting go of it, mm-hmm. finding something new to and there's another really good example with uh, Henry Ford. And when they, I think when he was building the first like six cylinder engine, he goes to his engineers and he's asking them, he's asking them for updates, right? And they're like, this is impossible. You know, we'll never figure it out. And he's just like, well, keep on working until you do. Keep on persevering until you figured it out, until you, they figure it out. And the, his engineers end up figuring out how to create the that engine. And so, you know, it's a matter of being very clear on what it is that you want to do. And again, so I, I think that's very clear, you know, with James Dyson, he wanted to build a bagless vacuum. And he, and I think another thing too is it doesn't matter if you're the first, second or third person to do it. It really is, what do you want to do? Focus on that. And it doesn't matter if you're the first person to do it. It doesn't matter if you're the thousandth person to do it. Wow, that came out of my mouth really weird. But you have to do it because it's what you want to do. And so if it's not what you want to do at the end of the day, fine. Find something else, leave that thing so you can do and become who you want to become and do what you want to do. And so that's the kind of advice I I would say uh, about that. Boom. 
man, I can't think of a, I can't think of a better way to say it. And, and to me, this almost seems like almost wraps up this whole series in a sense. You know, we started talking about perseverance and um, how your circle plays a part in, in your success and, you know, just getting comfortable, being comfortable and hard work and confidence. And now this whole concept of taking risks and yeah, there's so many examples of, you know, James Dyson, Elon Musk and others that they had to take a lot of risks, but they just didn't give up. They persevered. They surrounded themselves with awesome people, just worked hard and they remained confident, right? And I'm really hoping that uh, people get a lot of value out of this series. And I think there was a lot of great nuggets in uh, this episode, but also uh, this entire series. Yeah, I really hope that people can get and learn something from, you know, what we've been able to share and, and talk about and, and realize that if you do put all these pieces together, the result will be you becoming everything that you want to be and achieving the things that you want to achieve. And so, you know, hopefully we'll be able to continue to inspire people through what we've been learning and encouraging and empowering people on, on their own journey as well. Hey, thanks for listening to episode six of The Entrepreneurial Athlete. This is the final episode of our six-part series, and we look forward to bringing you more content. As my co-host Lenny and I look at the similarities between high performance and entrepreneurship and how those similarities can help us be successful on the field, in the office, or even in life. Make sure to follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes to listen to upcoming episodes. And be sure to follow us on social media and on Instagram at EAPODX. That's E-A-P-O-D-X. Links will be provided in the description. Once again, this is Lenny and Sagun signing off.